Welcome to Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale. We're talking about the stories we tell ourselves, the mindsets, myths, and misinformation that can hold us back, and then turning our focus to action steps that bring about success mastery in business and life. The goals are to define success on our own terms and to master that success without excuses or apologies. everybody to the world premiere of Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale. I'm by no means new to this, but I'm new to the BBS radio network. And I just want to thank them for this opportunity. It's, it's exciting and terrifying all at the same time, but we're going to have fun today, one step at a time, one show at a time. And one of the things that gives me great comfort in doing this is my guest today, because he's talking about courage. And if it if I had not had the courage to reach out to him when he was a stranger a few weeks ago, I don't think any of this stuff that's happening to me right now would have been possible. But so he inspired me even before he knew he inspired me. So there. So we're going to talk about courage today. We're talking about the mindsets, myths, and misconceptions about courage. So let's take a deep breath and think about who do you think of when you, you hear the word courage? So for me, I think about first responders, firefighters, police officers, EMTs, those people who run into burning buildings or go into places that are unsettled or violent without giving it a second thought. To me, that's real courage. The other thing that comes to mind when I think about courage is, sadly, I've got too many friends dealing with cancer and going through chemotherapy and, you know, They're throwing up their toenails, but they're fighting this fight, you know, in a brave, courageous way. So those are the people that I think of when I think of the word courage. You know, I'm I'm no spring chicken, so I'm new to this courage game, too, because, you know, there's been times in my life where I would have called everybody else I knew courageous for one reason or another. But courage really wasn't a word that I would have used to describe who I was. I, I just wouldn't. That's changed today. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit as we go through and you get to know me. You know, we'll talk more about my story. But courage is something I think a lot of people have trouble owning. So that's why we've got my guest on today, my very special friend, Kenneth D. Foster. He is a business strategist. He's a keynote speaker. He's also a best-selling author. And we'll talk more about that, too. And he has a radio program of his own called Voices of Courage, and it's syndicated in more than 160 countries. Pretty fabulous. By the time we finish this program today, you're going to know a lot about his new book, The Courage to Change Everything, Daily Strategies and Essential Wisdom to Waken Your Inner Genius. And who doesn't want that, right? So please help me welcome Kenneth D. Foster. How are you today? Arlene, I'm glad to be here, and I'm excited to do the show with you today. I want to let the listeners know that this is a show that can really change how you think and change your life if you're open and receptive to maybe getting outside your comfort zone and hearing some things that may disturb you but may also disturb those limiting beliefs to be able to open up the reality of understanding and wisdom that uh, will resonate with your own soul. So that's, that's what we're going to do today. It's going to be fun. Yeah. 
That's what we're going to do because after all, you're a change maker. You push people and you help them push the envelope in their own lives so that they can think differently. And I think your motto is see the unseeable, know the unknowable and do the impossible. So that's what we're going to do today. Right. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. And that, <laughs> uh, that is uh, my model. And it's uh, something that I help individuals do for themselves, because I think we all need to really be able to uh, see things we've never been able to see before, know things we've never been able to know before. And, and as a result, be able to do things that are really next to impossible for most people. Let's say 90% of the people that are just kind of going through life without really realizing what it's all about. Right, absolutely. So let's kind of step back a little bit and let's start start down here at the level of defining what what is courage? The way you use it, the way you work with it, what is courage? Well, let me just say this uh, first. I, um, as a young child, I was a disruptor. I would disrupt things. They call me a rebel. They called me uh, a lot of things. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but what it was is I had unfettered courage, but I had courage without wisdom. Mm. And courage without wisdom is dangerous because it can lead you down paths that uh, you find yourself standing on the edge of a cliff, ready to bungee jump off, wondering, how did I get here? And did I check the equipment? No, I didn't. I'll just go for it. You start, you don't have the right thinking. So when I define courage, <clears throat> typically it's defined as a Latin word, cur, which means to speak one's heart. So it comes from the heart. And courage does come from our heart. But what is our heart? Well, our heart is that soulful quality that we all have that uh, is, it's not on the surface. It's, it's underneath the surface, right? It's not the surface mind. It's not the thinking mind. It's underneath the mind. But what it is, it's our knowing. There's a sense of knowing. So courage comes with a sense of knowing. So like you said, somebody runs into a burning building, they have a sense of knowing. They're not thinking in the moment. They're running in to help somebody or to make sure everybody got out. So it's a sense of knowing they have to act in the moment. Well, most people, Arlene, have an undeveloped courage. I would almost say that running in the burning building is more instinct than, than knowing, but it depends on the individual, of course. But most people, like I said, have undeveloped courage. And how do we know that? Well, <clears throat> we just look around today and if you've been shopping at any of the local stores lately, there are certain people that you get close to that just have fear in their eyes. They're completely afraid of catching whatever from you. So they kind of look at you as almost an enemy. And that's what fear does, right? So fear and courage don't really go hand in hand. Fear is a level of energy or vibration that keeps us stuck and shut down and worried and concerned and in that place where you really can't be your highest self. Courage, on the other hand, it's a feeling also. We don't think of courage as a feeling, but it's a feeling. You feel when you're in a courageous state, you feel empowered. You have a sense of clarity. You have a sense of direction. You have a sense of being all you need to be in the moment. 
Courage is one of the most powerful forces in the universe if we can learn how to develop it. And that's what I specialize in, helping you to develop courage. Okay. So what you're saying is that courage and fear are opposites. So they are opposites. They're two sides of a coin, right? You got courage on one side, you got fear on the other. And you get a choice. Where do I what do I want to live? Do I want to what do I want to focus on the fear side of the coin? And and you know, a lot of people do, honestly. They're they're listening. Uh, for instance, to the news, the overlisten of the news. Now, what's the news doing? The news is really about sensationalizing uh, is situations so that you can feel them in your body. And if you're sensationalizing somebody that just got shot in the back, right? And you start to visualize that in your mind, you start to feel it in your body, right? What you focus on, you feel. What, it, what you feel you will act upon one way or another. It'll either shut you down or maybe it'll make you empowered, right? So mm-hmm. mind is over emotions. Emotions are over our actions. Actions are over our results and results are over our destiny. So if you're focusing constantly on your fear of, let's say, not having enough, not getting what you want, worried about your past, maybe you didn't grow up in the best home or you had parents that were mean or even abusive, you're focused on that past. You're worried that, gosh, my, my family had mental illness in it. I think I'll probably have that. So you're focused on that. You're thinking about that. Or you're worried about losing your job or not finding another job or running out of money or what, whatever the fear is, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're focused on that, you are going to, you're using your mind in the wrong way and you're going to reap those results. On the other hand, a person that focuses on courage for instance, says to themselves, Arlene, if I were courageous, what would I do today? If I was courageous, what are the three steps I would take towards my dreams? If I was courageous, who would I go out and help today? If I was courageous, what would I do with my company and uh, to, to be able to maybe serve in greater ways or help my customers in greater ways? If I was courageous, what noble goal would I set for myself? If I was courageous, could I lose that 10 pounds? If I was courageous, could I go out and, and start to walk more or jog more? If I was courageous, could I go out and take care of my health a little more? If I was courageous, could I take full responsibility for my life? That's yeah, what we're there, talking about here. Well, and there's so many people that have those kinds of pasts that they're raised um, in abuse or in a less than perfect scenario. And they spend so much of their life looking back and saying, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And, you know, the laws of physics, if you're focusing on what you don't want from the past, your feet and your whole body are going to end up going towards exactly what you don't want to go towards. So what I like to say is don't, Think about what you don't want, but figure out what do you want instead. And there's a difference, I think, and give me your feedback on this, and knowing up here in your brain what you want instead versus having the courage to step out and, and, and take the action to do what it is that you may not have seen modeled before. There's so many people in the world that are really good people that really have great dreams that will never happen. And they they think about them. You know, I wish I could get the house on the beach. I wish I could get a new job. I wish I could 
get out of this terrible relationship. I wish my past didn't haunt me. I wish I was a better person. I wish I had better clothes and better, you know, it's, it's a lot of wishing going on, but you know, the wishing is unfortunately doesn't get us anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, fortunate to work with Tony Robbins back in, uh, uh, the late Mm nineties and Tony had a wonderful saying. He said, you know, if you do a, a, a really good job, right, you get poor results. If you do a, a great job, you get good results. If you do an outstanding job, you get it all. Why people struggle so much and they, th- they wonder, well, I wish I could do this better. They, they're, doing, they're doing a good, good job, but they really are getting poor results. A lot yeah. of people can relate to this. They're like, gosh, I can't seem to get ahead. Right. Well, it's we're all here. We all have the same amount of time, energy, effort. Uh, well, I don't know if they have the same amount of energy. You have to develop that. Yeah. But we have the same amount of time and we have the same uh, resources that are here in the world. Um, so what sets separates us apart then? Right. You know, why is one person be uh, successful and one doesn't? Well, I want to say that most people don't understand, first of all, how to use the mind. Because the mind is the cause of their bondage and the mind is the cause of their liberation, according to Paramahansa Yogananda, one of the great saints and sages of our time, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he said that Leonardo da Vinci said uh, basically the same thing. Um, Leonardo said uh, something I always loved. He said, isolation is the price of greatness. So how do we use the mind? Well, you have to, you have to isolate yourself a little bit. And what I've learned is... If you're using the mind correctly, you're going to get get what you want. See, the neuroscience, the, actually, the uh, uh, the quantum physicists tell us now that there is more substance in in the unseen there than there is in matter. Hmm. There's substance, an infinite amount of substance. In fact, they're trying to right now tap into that that uh, that uh, uh, space right, where all this substance is, mm-hmm. to be able to generate energy from the space, right? Yeah. We'll call it space, but it's substance. Yeah. So listen, substance is infinite. So there's, and where does, where does all, everything come from? It comes from that substance. It comes from the invisible to the visible. Okay. So when we use the mind properly, because we're such powerful, our mind has the power to just in oh, actually even our in our little finger we have the power of our of uh, oh I don't know maybe uh, uh, the electrons the atoms in that finger can light up all New York City right imagine the billions of electrons and and we have in the brain it can light up the universe hmm. so <clears throat> when we learn how to use that mind right we start to get really good results and it starts with courage. Okay, but the courage to go, oh, gosh, Ken's full of BS. I've heard this before. I don't even want to listen to him. Well, I want you to have the courage to maybe listen and get outside of your comfort zone so that you can get uncomfortable and learn something that you haven't learned before. So you're not part of the masses who are just programmed into thinking that they already know what they need to know. And they're but their life is not so great. Right. Okay. All right. The mind. So let me ask you a question because, you know, I want to break it down because I do want people to listen and hear something that they can go, oh, yeah, that's what I need to do. So I want to make sure 
Is courage the same as thrill-seeking? No, it's not. Okay. It's not so, thrill-seeking. Um, okay. Thrill-seeking is a, I mean, it's, I guess you could have fun thrill-seeking. We all go thrill-seeking now and then, whether it's finding a new relationship or maybe going exploring in the Amazon or up in a mountain or down to someplace you haven't uh, been before. Um, so there's a certain amount of thrill-seeking that goes on. I think that you, the word is a lot of times used in a negative connotation as to you're doing something dangerous, right? Um, courage is an inner it's an inner energy that has wisdom with it when you okay. develop it, right? Okay. So courage is that feeling, like I said earlier, of it'll take you past your comfort zone if you allow it. How do you do that? Wow, great question. Well, first you use the power of your mind. You say, what is it that I'd like to do that I've never done before? So do, even if it's a small thing, think of something you've never done before. Step one. Step two, think of why you're going to do this. Why is this important for you? Maybe it's to develop your courage. Right? Step three, schedule the action around it. Go do it. Right. Okay. As you do it, that's where courage comes in. Okay. So everybody has courage then. Even the people who feel sometimes that they're used as a a doormat or they're being abused or they're in a situation that's less than optimal. Do those people have courage too? Like I said, we're born with courage. It's it's an innate quality of the soul. So everybody has courage. So if you're in a place where you're being abused by others, your health is poor, you're you're in a place, does it take courage to get out of that? Heck yeah. Is it easy? No, it's not. That's why you have to tune into your courage. And like I said, I gave you one tool. Just ask a question. If I was courageous, what would I do next? And just allow yourself to be quiet, be still, and allow what bubbles up to come up. And, you know, at first, maybe the fear would come up, right? Oh, gosh, if I do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt myself. I'm gonna... Well, listen to that, all right? But then ask it again. If I was really courageous, what would I do next? If you keep asking it, you'll find the wisdom that you need. Here's the challenge most people have. They're living their life from the outside in instead of the inside out. So we're, we're in a place, Arlene, where people are, uh, somebody says something to you, you'll never do that. And they, and they believe it, right? Instead of tuning in and saying, well, if I was courageous, could I do this myself? Okay, I could. What, what are three steps I can take, all right? So there, there's a way we can do this using our mind. But I do like to have you visualize what it is that you would like to have in your life, you know? Our future is created, not in the future, it's created in the moment, right? So we, we right. create what we want, we just develop what we want, we tune into the mind, we tune into this substance that's all around us, right? We get a clear picture of it, we get a clear picture of why that's important for us, right? And once we do that, then we can start taking courageous steps toward it. You know, it sounds so simple, and it, it is. does sound really simple. So I'm thinking, why did it take me all these decades to finally decide I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's not, it's not easy. It sounds easy. 
Um, it sounds like everybody ought to be able to do it, but I'm thinking of people that I know who, who don't do the things that they say they want to do, or they're so far sighted to the goals and, you know, that are way out there that they don't know what to do next. So does it take, well, I agree with you. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, right? We get distracted. We live in a, in a society that's constantly pulling at us to do something, go pick up something at the store, go read this next uh, book, listen to the TV, get on your iPhone. We're always constantly being pulled out, right? So how does one person succeed where not one does not? I remember I came across a fella at a meeting. He was uh, a, the ambassador of the United States to Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, uh, about his business and his success, how he got to be the ambassador for his country. And he said, um, well, you know, I, I changed my life around when I started to meditate. And I said, oh, interesting. And if you know anything about meditation, right, we, we tap into higher realms of consciousness in meditation. In other words, you tap into wisdom, you get understanding, you start to get the um, understanding what you need to do to release um, whatever's been blocking you and also take the courageous actions, right? I asked this guy, I said, how, uh, how many hours a day do you meditate or, or do you even meditate an hour? He says, I, I meditate three hours or two hours a day, I think he said. Then he said, let me introduce you to this other fellow. And he did. And this guy owned uh, all the banks in, uh, in uh, southern uh, India. And uh, he said, I asked him, how long do you meditate? He says, I meditate three hours a day, right? Now, here, here are these people. You know, when I heard first heard that, I said, oh, my gosh, you're my hero. I'm going to learn how to do that. Well, I'm up to a couple hours a day, and I have been doing that uh, off and on for many years now. I like to get to three. There are times I get to three and more than that. But why, wow. do, we, why do we meditate? We meditate so that we can get away from the world so we can calm our minds and actually get out of our minds because our minds are a lot of times just blocking our success. Right. And be able to to be able to tune into, like I said, higher realms of consciousness, where one can then download what they need to get, and then take courageous steps towards that. This formula I've been using for a couple decades now, and you know, in the beginning, I didn't didn't know if it was going to work for me or not. Um, I just tried it. I thought, well, you know, other people seem to be getting good results with this. Maybe I should try it. And I did. Now, so meditation is an important piece of it, right? That's the foundation. Um, You know, there's other foundational pieces, right? Okay. Um, let Let me give you a couple of them that I've found that work for me. And, you know, if they work for you, great. But they work for all the clients that I've been working with for many years. <laughs> so maybe they'll work for you question? too. Let me ask you a real quick question. Is courage like faith that it's easier to have it when things are going well and harder to have it when things are not going well? Like in our current circumstances, so many people feel like they can't control the virus and the this and the that and the other thing. And so, you know, they withdraw, but they're withdrawing in such a way that's that, doesn't have the positive energy around it or positive results. So is it easier, do you find, with people who can be courageous when things are going well versus when things are not? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm working with a fellow right now that is uh, quitting smoking. 
and he's uh, he's being he's courageous to take that on, right? He's uh, he's been doing this for a few decades, and he asked me that same question: Should I start? To, should I stop when you know, things are really stressful now? Maybe I shouldn't stop now. And I said, no, that's just the opposite. You really need to step into your courage now and do it now. Because listen, if you can quit when things are tough, when they're hard, when you're feeling like you're being crushed, life is falling apart around you. If yeah. you can quit now, it gets easier every day. And when the things are going, going good, you won't even think about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's the answer to that. And we need to know that we need to step into those difficult situations that we're being tested. And how do you develop courage? You just, you know, how do you, how do you teach a kid to swim? At one point, you can give them all the theory you need, but sooner or later, you got to throw them in the pool, right? Yikes. And. <laughs> And then, okay. and then they'll learn to swim. But let, let me just say this. When, my own story. When I was in a lot of pain, I was 50 pounds overweight. I was eating poorly. I was consuming <laughs> alcohol and anything else to make me feel good. I was in a place where I had terrible friends around me. I was isolated from my family. I was basically broke mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually back in 1992. And I got a download that said, you got to feel the pain to make the change. I was in counseling at the time. I went and talked to the therapist. I've been in counseling for a year at that time. The therapist looked at me and he said, Ken, I can't, I can't help you anymore. Follow that voice. And as I walked out of his office going, is he wacko? Or I came to him because I'm hearing voices, man. He, he's telling me to follow his voice. But I knew he was right. And how much courage it must have taken that man to let go of his client and just say, follow that voice. Best advice he ever gave me. That was the voice of wisdom. That was the voice of courage. And I followed that voice. And that voice is the voice I still follow. It's the voice of that, that took me into healing mind, body, and soul. And now being a teacher and helping others. So was that kind of your defining moment that led you to start studying courage and and using it in your own life and then teaching it? Or was there a different? um, That that was the point where I became aware that I could I could be more courageous and I could step into that. But I don't want to I don't want to gloss over the the message there. So the message for me was and for a lot of you out there. If you want to quit smoking, you want to lose weight, you want to have a better relationship, you want to feel better about yourself, you got to feel the pain to make the change. You can't cut off. You know, we live in duality, okay? There's light, there's dark, there's up, there's down, there's good, there's evil. There's, you can't cut off one side. You can't just want to feel, oh, it's all going to be okay. I just want to feel pleasure. I just want to be everything be wonderful. You've got to realize you've got to embrace both sides. So if you can feel uh, the pain, even, even some of you listening to this right now, you're going, oh, I don't want to feel any pain. I don't want to. You're in your comfort zone and you don't want to get out of that. I understand who does. Nobody does. But if you want to make the change, it might be uncomfortable to learn how to eat differently. It might feel like crap to go out and start exercising every day. It might feel like you're going to die 
if you have to release a relationship that doesn't work. You might be crying. It might be hard. Might, getting off caffeine, for instance, some of you are really addicted to that. If you're in that, you might want to go, enough of this. Enough. I, I, I'll feel the withdrawal pains for a week or two, but I'm going to be free. I'm not going to be a slave to these things anymore. That's what I'm talking about. You've got to feel the pain to make the change. And, and if you're not willing to do that, then you're probably just going to coast and you're going to stay in this kind of comfort zone. But honestly, it's probably the most painful thing you can do to yourself is live in that quote, comfort zone. It's a terrible place to live because it creates mediocrity in your life. Well, and I think a lot of people, um, a comfort zone implies that it should be a good place, a powerful, positive place. But there are some people who've grown up with abuse, with, you know, with abusive parents, with abusive spouse, with drug, drug in their family, with yelling and cussing. And, you know, don't ask me how I know. I just know (laughs) that that becomes their comfort zone because that's what they know. And it is hard to take that first step to, you know, identify that that comfort zone is not serving a very good purpose for me. And I have to do this instead. So, you know, a comfort, the, the words comfort zone, I think are kind of a fallacy because it's not always a good place. It's, it's not, it's, yeah. When you say to somebody, it's in an abusive relationship, well, you're in your comfort zone and they'll look at you like you're crazy. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable. Well, you've, you've learned <clears throat> to be there. You've learned to stay in that. That is your, you know, maybe because of the word, but it's, you're in your zone <laughs> that, that is maybe a dysfunctional zone. Mm-hmm. It's a phone, it's phone, you know, if here's how I, here's how I just use it in my life, my client's life. I just ask you this quick question. Are, are you, are you feeling empowered or are you feeling disempowered? The zone that you're living in, does it feel light? Does it feel heavy? If it feels heavy that where you're in, then tap into your courage because it takes courage to move out of those heavy places. And again, it might feel terrible you know i call terrible pain right right <laughs> you know when i'm saying pain i'm saying it might be feel terrible it might feel uh you might feel sad you might feel unhappy you might feel angry lonely tired worn out but listen isn't it worth it to feel some of those emotions to get out of those disempowering situations and unfortunately when we're in them as you know arlene we believe the whole world is that way Okay, right. So we That's believe, normal. right? It's just it's the norm. It's your normal, mm-hmm. but inside of each person is a soul, and there's a conscious in there. And you know, at the depth of yourself, at the depth of your heart, when you get real with yourself, you get quiet with yourself. You know what's true for you and what's not. Yeah. yeah. So. So the very, very first step then is acknowledging that you want something different. That's a good point. True or? Yeah, uh, I think the first step is, uh, can be that in the, or acknowledging what you don't want. <laughs> Either way, <clears throat> acknowledging what you want to change is number one. So let's say that you're, you know, a lot of times addiction, you're the last person to know you even have it. Okay, because mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of addictions have denial going on. Well, when you can just look and see if what you're doing is a problem, right? You just say, is this a problem for for others? 
and you go, oh yeah, it is. Well, it's probably a problem for you too. Right. Yeah. So I think you have to acknowledge what you want to change first. And once you acknowledge it, that's where it takes courage, right? Okay. Gosh, I've got a, I've got a habit. I've got to break, you know, I've got this nasty habit. That's really getting in my way. I would next, uh, once I acknowledge it, I would write down why it's so important for me to get out of this habit. Just get it out of your head. Get You know, I, I want my children to have a better life. I, I don't want to break the family, uh, the family uh, habits. I want to break the family mindset. I want, I want, my, I want the world to be a better place because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this, this chain of disempowering crap that's going in my life. You know, so get clear with your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And then after you do that, um, make a list of three action steps that you can take today to move you out of that. Maybe it's call Arlene and get, get a session with her. Maybe it's uh, to <clears throat> join a support group. Maybe it's to find a coach like me and go, hey, <laughs> Ken, I, I need to talk to you. <laughs> right. um, you know, or maybe it's, you know, like we said, I got a, a new book out. Maybe it's uh, learning to uh, uh, increase your courage with, with my latest book. Okay. Well, you stole my thunder because I wanted to go in and talk because – you know, as you know, the listeners may not know, I am a book writing expert. I'm a book writing business coach. So I help people write their book to build their business. So if people want to write a book, they can go to my website, bookwritingbusiness.com. I've got a freebies tab with all sorts of cool things there. So check that out. But I want to talk, but because of what I do, I want to talk to you about your most recent book. So The Courage to Change Everything daily strategies and essential wisdom to awaken your inner genius. So tell us what made you want to write this book? Oh, look at you. This this is the book right here. And (laughs) this book is a, um, I want to say it's the book I'm most proud of today. Uh, It's my seventh book. This book uh, took me about six years to write. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why did it take you six years to write? Well, I really started on this journey like I do with all my books. Now, now my now other books have never taken six years. Right. <clears throat> um, but I, I wanted to put wisdom into this book, and I wanted to deliver it in a way that you could get the wisdom of the ages, and you could get it in a, in a format that would really help you every single day. I wrote it with the understanding that a lot of us, a lot of my clients and a lot of us in the world, we have good intentions, but we don't necessarily, tomorrow when you wake up and you forget those intentions and the next day and you forget that next day and next day. So I wanted a book that could help individuals on a daily basis, tune into their inner wisdom, be able to take some courageous actions and be able to tap into the power of the superconscious mind to be able to do things that they've never been able to do before. Well, in the and format of your book, I does that. the format yeah. of your book does that. You wrote it's not just to sit down and read it from and flip the pages, right? It's very interactive, right? It's an interactive read, and it's uh, I'm I'm in the process of uh, it, the book just uh, is coming out. It came out last year, but it's in a limited supply, so we're going to release it uh, this year to the public. And 
it is in a, a, a format that anybody has maybe 10 minutes a day to work on your life. <clears throat> so imagine if in 10 to 15 minutes a day, if you could just take time for yourself, you could tune in to the guidance within this book and then tune into your own inner guidance every day, 10 minutes, <clears throat> slow down to succeed and be able to do that for 365 days. Imagine what dreams of yours might come true. Imagine what the relationships might look like. Imagine what you could do with your life if you really took full responsibility and took control and generated the life that you want to generate, not that was programmed in your head. This book helps you to undo and unravel some of the disempowering beliefs and choices and actions you've made in the past and be schooled in a way that will help you to focus your mind, open your heart, and be able to take daily actions on your terms that will move your life in the direction of your greatest dreams. That's what I wrote it for. Well, I mean, if that's all you want to do, that's a pretty good thing to be saying you want to do. I mean, just saying. Um, but in your book, there's a journaling aspect, right? How important do you think journaling is? I believe I'm going to steal Tony Robbins' words because it's stuck in my mind when I worked with him in a couple decades ago. If your life is live, worth living, your life is worth recording. Yeah. That's how important. I've been journaling for decades, and I journal so that I can see my blind spots. I can release anything that's flowing through. I can take a peek at my, my inner thoughts, my inner life. And most importantly, I can make commitments to myself to help forward my life. And I can go back and see what I've written. Now, journaling is so important that I believe if, if you're not journaling today, it's one of those success habits that will probably change everything for you. Right. Most of us go I through agree. life so fast, right, Arlene? You're going, going from here to there to the next thing, next thing. You're going so fast, you're not really understanding yourself and who you are and what you're about and what your life's about right? and what your dreams are about. Just because you failed a few times doesn't mean anything. You know, I, I like living in my uncomfortable zone, being comfortable in the uncomfortable zone. I like to do things that most people won't do, right? Because I've learned if you do those little things that most people won't do, you live an outstanding life. Life gets better and better. So right. it doesn't really matter what, what age you are or what's happened in your life. What matters is what you do now. This book can be your guide to help you every single day. Infuse your mind with the wisdom of the ages. Now, this wisdom of the ages isn't my wisdom. This wisdom I've collected from... All of the great, so I don't know, all is a big word, but many of the great philosophers in the world, whether it be uh, somebody like Yogananda or somebody like Gandhi or Stephen Jobs or um, you name it, somebody that's had to create a lot of success that have been a service to mankind, they are in this book. So there are courageous quotes, there's 365 courageous quotes you're going to find the courage of the ages in this book. You'll be able to fuse your mind 
with that, with that, those thoughts every day. It's like if you want to change your life, change your environment, change the environment that your mind is in and put it in a nurturing, loving, wise environment every day and see what happens. When you get let, let of you, you let go of the fear. Imagine what your life would be like if you let go of fear and worry permanently. No more. Well, how, how would your life be? Yeah, and a lot of people I don't think can even answer that question. And that's why I love the journaling because journaling not only helps us with improving who we are and identifying what we're doing or not doing, but I think it's, I tell people that if you want to write a book, you should be journaling because journaling helps grow those writing muscles, you know, and it helps make you better and it gives you more confidence. Um, I've been journaling since I was eight years old. And I oh, remember you're way past me. Congratulations. Just yesterday. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I found looking back at those journals, I wrote a journal when I was 13 years old. And you know how, I don't know, maybe you don't know. I'll tell you, 13-year-old girls are wackadoodle. They're just, there's no, there's no sense even trying to reason with a 13-year-old girl. But in my journal, I wrote uh, stories about this person and how they were unlovable. And then a few days later, I wrote about this person and they were unlovable. And then, so my, my whole 13th school year was about all these people and what was wrong with them. They were so unlovable. And this is what I said, and this is what I did. And, you know, about 10 years later, I looked back at those journals and I went, oh no, I was not very lovable either. (laughs) So without journaling, I'm not sure that I would have had that kind of insight. But, you know, having that insight allowed me to then say, so what do I want to do differently? How do I want to treat people? You know, if they're treating me this way and it's badly based on my perception, do I want to do I want to go low and wrestle in the mud with them? Or do I want to go high and say, I understand how you could feel that way. That makes me sad, (laughs) you know, or something like that so that I don't play on a negative playing field or a muddy playing field with them. So I love the power of journaling. And I think that people cannot answer the questions you're asking. I think some people can't answer the question of what would you do if you were brave? Because I don't even know that they've ever heard that question or, or heard it directed at them. And that's why I think the power of your book and the teaching, the tools, and the journaling are so powerful. Have you gotten a good, a great response from this book? Uh, I've gotten tremendous response from the people that are using it, that their lives are changing every day. This book helps you to tap into your inner genius. All of us have genius in us, right? <clears throat> we don't know that. We weren't taught that as kids, most of us. Um, you know, it's not something a genius is, you uh, know, I grew up was somebody that was kind of a freak, right? And, you know, really, I mean, we we didn't think of that as we all have genius in us. We do. This book will help you to bring out that inner genius. And, you know, you get the most out of the book. I think Arlene was just uh, uh, alluding to it by by commitment, first of all. Commit to uh, one, one page a day. That's it. Same thing with journaling. I think it's just a page a day in journaling. If you want to journal more, that's great. But it's kind of like exercise. If you want, you know... If you want to go out and start exercising, don't set a, uh, I'm going to go out uh, for an hour every day. Set up, I'm going to go out and exercise 10 minutes or more a day. Your mind will go, I can go do 10 minutes. And then once you're out there, you'll probably do more, right? Yeah. Same thing with the uh, the book journaling. You know, you commit to one page a day. And if you want to do more, that's great. 
Um, listen, I found this. It's that we 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 are our best advocates. I mean, I love it that Arlene's a great advocate for me, but if I wasn't an advocate for myself, if I didn't look at myself and look at what was working, what wasn't working in my life, and where I can prove every day, then it doesn't matter how many people are advocates for us. If we don't know ourself, if we don't know that inner truth around who we are, what was possible for us, nobody's going to point it out. I, I can't tell you how many people I come across, I bet you do too, Arlene, that have low self-esteem. You know, really all that tells me is you just don't know, you've identified with what you're not. Right. And you've really ingrained that, grooved that into your, into your brain. But when you start to use a book like this, that will be your teacher, will be your guide, will help you reprogram that thinking and start to help you identify with who you really are. You may be asking that. Who am I really? Who am I really? I uh, Just a quick story. I, I had a, a, a family member say to me at one point, Ken, you don't know who you are. I said, oh, I thought I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm my car. I'm a house. I'm looking how cool I am. And she said, you don't know who you are. She said, why don't you go to the mirror and just look in the mirror and just keep asking, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Until you finally figure it out. And I did that several days in a row. And finally, I, I, I started to connect with that soul that's in there, right? Mm-hmm. And if so, if we're, if we're misidentifying ourselves as I'm depressed, I am this, I am you're 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 missing it this book will help you change that around reprogram your thinking get your power back get your energy back get your focus back and help you take your life to the next level that's what it's about absolutely and my my short version of that is what do you want instead because you got to know what you want instead um to move forward but so i want to give you some rapid fire hot seat questions you ready so we need answers like are, are super short so What's the biggest negative mindset that you had in your life that if you had not conquered or changed that mindset, it would have kept you from mastering success? Doubt and uncertainty. Doubting that I could do it. Doubting that it would happen for me. I remember a time where I went to go buy some property and uh, I just kept doubting, doubting, doubting. What the next thing happened? Boom, the property was gone. And I did it to the next one. And I doubted, 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 and it was gone. I kept learn, yep. doing that until I learned, wait, when you're, when you're in tune, when you have certainty, you move forward and take courageous steps. Cool. So what is the biggest, most positive mindset that you've used to get you where you are today? I'll give you a mantra. Okay. <laughs> what I say, nobody can make me unhappy if I choose to be happy. And no one can make me happy if I choose to be unhappy. Great. Awesome. So the last hot seat question then is, if you were only allowed to give one golden nugget, one action step for the listeners today that will move them off dead center or out of their, quote, comfort zone, what would that be? Learn to meditate. Learn to go within. Learn that this uh, three-dimensional world that you see is a big delusion. And if you think it's real and you think it's, it's solid and, and everything you do is, 
is uh, in a 3D dimension. It's not. Learn to meditate. Cool. Awesome. So we're getting ready to wrap this up. So first, I want to invite my listeners to connect with me. If you're in a business network or a speakers group or any other group where you're surrounded with people who say they want to write a book or they've been told that they should write their story, please connect with me because I've got some online programs, some online masterminds that I'm getting ready to start. And you can get more information by going to my website, bookwritingbusiness.com. I've got a freebies tab with several different freebie opt-ins that you can go and learn some of the biggest mistakes writers make and how to avoid them, for example. And if you, if you do belong to one of these networking groups or business groups or speaking groups, go to the contact page at bookwritingbusiness.com and drop me a note and let's set up a free conversation about how I can help you and your chapter write books because it really is a way to be courageous to grow your expertise in a business market. That's why you do it, right? That's why you wrote your books, right? That's why I wrote my books and need out the uh, website to get my book. But if you'd, uh, you're if, always like one on question ahead of me. <laughs> okay. okay. So again, so please give us your website and how we can connect with you. Thank you. Listen, you can get the book, uh, "The Courage to Change Everything," at courage to change us. Courage to change us. Also, you can get my free scientific meditation guide to learn how to meditate. With that, there is uh, instructions on uh, how to meditate, and there's some classes you can take, and also some guided meditations up there, and also some articles from MIT and Harvard to, uh, talking about the benefits of meditation. You can get that at kendfoster.com forward slash resources, kendfoster.com forward slash resources. I hope you take advantage of that. But you're also a coach, right? A business coach? I'm a business strategist and coach. Absolutely. So if somebody wants to get with you to grow their business or their life to another level, how might they find you and figure out how they could work with you? Well, you can go right on KenDFoster.com, KenDFoster.com. And on the homepage, there's a uh, little uh, box there that you can sign up to have a uh, session with me at no charge. I'll come and we'll assess I always like to assess, listen, can I really add value to you? If I can, great. If I can't, that's okay. I'll refer you to somebody that I think would be a better choice for you. Awesome. So I want to leave with this story, and hopefully you'll remember it and not leave me out here hanging. Because I think one time you and I talked, and I said something like, wow, I want to be Ken when I grow up. And you told me a story. Will you end with that story? Because I think it's a great story for today. I will. So... I was uh, in, uh, let's see, Pacific Beach in uh, San Diego County. It was New Year's Day, and I was rollerblading around the the ocean with a group of friends. And we came across a little five-year-old, and his name was Alex. And, you know, I asked Alex, you know, how old he was. And then I asked him, when you grow up, Alex, um, what do you want to be? And or do, I think I said, what do you want to do? And Alex lo- had a, this look about him. He had these radiant eyes and blue eyes. And he looked right at us and he looked up to the clouds. He looked back at me and the group that was around him. And he says, when I grow up, I just want to be me. And I thought to myself, hmm, 
Isn't that what we really want to be instead of what we are pretending to be? Absolutely. And I think that the first time you told me this story, you said he was a tremendous precocious child. And I love that. So (laughs) precocious, amazing little uh, child. I I actually went up and talked to his mom afterwards and said, who is he? (laughs) Well, I think um, sometimes we need to be more childlike and be more of a precocious child to see the positive and to act in a positive way to be the best me or the best Ken, or the best insert your name here that you can possibly be. Well, that's for sure. Listen, you know, our children, if we pay attention to them, can see things that we can't see. They're really tuned in. I uh, was with, I'll tell you a quick story. I was with my grandchild, who's, uh, his name is Josiah. He's two years old. And um, he comes, uh, we're, we're playing outside, and he stops dead in his tracks, and he looks up in the sky, and he points, and I look up, and I'm looking for birds, or, you know, Grandpa, look, Grandpa, look. And I, I, he's two, and he's talking, look, Grandpa, look. And uh, I don't see anything. And I, and I just intuitively, I just said, um, so, Josiah, are you seeing the angels? He said, yeah, the angels, angels. And I, went, and I looked again. I'm like, gosh, I wish I could see him. And then I went inside and I talked to his mom a little bit about it. And she said, oh, yeah, he does that quite a bit. And she said, I've always I've asked him, too, if he's seeing the angels. And he said he does. And she said one day he was looking at a sunset and unprovoked by anybody. He looks at the sunset and and says, that's where God is. There's God in the sunset. And then I asked myself when I was driving home that night, who is this child that sees angels in the clouds? And God in the sunsets. And where have we gone off? Why aren't we seeing that? Why can't we see the same thing that the children can? It's because we've shut down our hearts. And that's where our courage is, right? Cool. Right. comes from the heart. We have to open our hearts if we want to start to see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. That's great. Thank you, Ken, for being my guest here on the world premiere of Mindset Meets Mastery on BBS Radio Network. I'm so thrilled to be here, and I would like to invite everybody to come back next Tuesday, every Tuesday, same time, same channel, same everything, with another amazing guest that's going to talk about mindsets that keep us from mastering our success. So again, thank you, Ken, for being here. Best of luck with your book. And everybody else that's out there listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope to see you again next time. Thank you for joining Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale, the expert in helping people write stories to build and expand their business. Join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll talk more about how mindsets can help or hinder our success. Until then, be mindful of the stories you tell yourself about what is or is not possible. Don't let the world dictate your success. And please visit bookwritingbusiness.com to grow your business by telling your professional or personal story.